Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today I'm going to cover The Black Count by Tom Rice. Glory, revolution, betrayal, and the real Count of Monte Cristo. This is book two for my 2022 reading list. When my hand, I'm holding my copy of The Count of Monte Cristo. This is one of my most beloved books. And when I open the front cover, I, I like to write in my books. And in the front cover, I wrote this. Athens, 2000. November 13th, 2000. Athens would be Athens, Georgia. That's where I purchased this book, and I purchased it on November 13th, 2000 at Jackson Street Bookstore in Athens, Georgia. That that store no longer exists, but uh, when it was there, I frequented it often. I, I loved that place and was very sad to, to see it go. In, on that front cover, though, I also wrote the two times I've read this book. The first time was in December of 2000, and the second time was in January of 2003. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I was actually reading the abridged version of this book. And the unabridged version is quite long. And uh, one of the reasons I found out in the book that I read for that I'm covering this episode was that the author, Alexander Dumas, was paid by the line. So that may have given him a little bit of an incentive to to make it a make it a tad longer. But there might be another reason why that book is, is so long, the, the unabridged version is so long. And that's because a lot of the action in The Count of Monte Cristo was inspired by someone the author knew. They actually had the same name, and that's because this someone was his father. So just a quick note for this episode, I'm going to call the author of The Count of Monte Cristo, I'm going to call him Alexander Dumas. That's that's what we know him as. So he's Alexander Dumas. To distinguish him from his father, who had the same name, I'm going to call his father Alex. So again, the book that I'm covering today is about Alex, his father. And he's the topic of the book. And this book is a Pulitzer Prize winning book. It's a, it's a, uh, it won the 2013 prize for a biography. So here's the setup. The author Tom Rice is seeking to learn more about the family of Alexander Dumas and finds out about this safe full of documents about the Dumas family located in the town that Alex Dumas passed away in. And so as you can guess, he get he gets access to this this safe, but it's only for a few hours, so he's got to rapidly snap photos of as many documents as he can, and this is the this book is the result of what he learned from from those documents. And here's what we learn. Alex, Alex Dumas, the, the father of the famous novelist, was the mixed-race son of a white Frenchman and a Saint-Domingue slave. He was born in, born in Saint-Domingue, and uh, Saint-Domingue, uh, in French, Saint-Domingue, uh, which is what we know as, of, of as Haiti today. And so this was probably the worst place you could be a slave in the world at that time. And that is a bold statement, but what the author states in this book is most slaves only lasted a few years in in this French colony. And that's just how the system was set up. It, it, was, uh, it was full of sugar plantations. Uh, the weather was, was very hot and slaves would only last a few years. It was just that brutal. 
and you can read a lot more about those those horrible details in in this book. But but Saint Domingue was a French colony, and during the time, the French were starting to think about the rights of others, including people of color. And so, when Alex grew up in Saint Saint Domingue, the author Tom Rice says that it was probably one of the best places in the world at that time to be of mixed race. There was an entire town. Uh, Jer- Jeremy, which is the the name of the town, that included a number of mixed race people, and so it was just a it was it was a town that 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 was that was accepted. Uh, they there there was a strong culture there, and it, it and, and yeah, it was just one of the for for Alex to have grown up there, it 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 couldn't have been much better for him as a mixed race child, even though the brutality of slavery in that same uh, colony was so horrid. So at 14 years old, Alex traveled with his father, who in just a craziest story, his father sold his wife and three other children to get the money to go to France with, with his youngest son, Alex. So they, they, they go to France, and when they get to France, his father just lavishes on him every advantage of learning and advancement possible. This included an education in the classics. It included sh- swordmanship with like the best guy you could have gotten to, to teach that. And then he also had an apartment in Paris. So his father's status made him a count. In the, the year is 1776 when they get back to France. And at this time, there's probably no better place in the world, better for a man of mixed race than here. So for the first 14 years of his life, he grows up in kind of the best situation possible for, for someone of mixed race. When he, when he turns 14, he goes to France and now he's in a place that is also probably the best place he could have been at that time for a mixed race, for a mixed race child. He's also six foot one and is said to resemble a centaur. So he's just, he's, he has the physique of a god. And so whenever he walks around, he's just, he probably looks like Schwarzenegger. And he, he everyone looks at, I mean, you just, it, it's stunning to see. First, there's not a whole lot of mixed race people walking around in France at the time. And then this, he's just, he's built like a god. So everywhere he goes, he stands out. But not just for those reasons, he stands out for his skill as well. And so he he has a falling out with his father. Uh, as a result, he joins a group kind of at the bottom of the totem pole in the military. And it's a, a group of uh, dragoons, and they he immediately distinguishes himself in battle in this group. In fact, he surprises a group of 14 Austrians, and he takes them all prisoner. And he, he has four other guys with him, but it, it, the way it's written about is it's kind of like he went in there and... and he surprised these 14 Austrians so, so much that he just, he pretty much took their guns and took them as prisoner. He ended up playing a large role in the French Revolutionary Wars, and he moved from being a corporal to become a sergeant, to become the head of the Army of the Western Pyrenees, to the commander of the Army of the Alps, to then be appointed as the commander of the cavalry of the entire army, of the entire French Revolutionary Army. And the man who appointed him to that position was a man named Napoleon. Now, Dumas joined Napoleon in his invasion of Egypt, and as they walked next to each other, the six-foot-one Dumas towered over the five-foot-six Napoleon. 
and his complex didn't get over that very easily. And so there's this slow degradation in Dumas's status for the remainder of his life as the status of Napoleon increases. So upon leaving Egypt, Dumas, Dumas is imprisoned in Naples for two years, where he's also poisoned while he's in prison. He, he, he lives, but um, he, he finally gets out. And when he arrives back in France, France is a different place. It's, it's not the France he left. And for a mixed race person, it's not the place in, in, the, in the sense of having rights. And it, he, he comes back to a completely different place. Race has, racism has returned. Uh, and even though France has, has, has recently abolished slavery, they're returning to some of the Jacronian ways. And some of that is, is actually due to Napoleon. Alexander Dumas, the novelist, is born July 24th, 1802. His father, Alex, dies four years later in 1806. In the early 1900s, there's a statue of Dumas that's put up in France, and it didn't get a whole lot of attention. It was was in Paris, uh, but the Nazis in the 1940s tore it down, and a statue has not been put up to replace it to this day. So that's a little bit about Alex Dumas, the father of the famous novelist. In the next segment, I'll go into a little bit more about the Count of Monte Cristo. Well, if you've read the Count of Monte Cristo, you probably noticed some similarities in the story that I just shared to the famous novel. And it's no accident. Uh, Dumas did not invent these things out of, out of thin air. His father, his father was the hero, and his father lived these stories. So Dumas spoke often with a man who knew his father well. So he heard these stories when he was a child. You know, he would sit at his father's lap and, and hear these stories. But his father passed away when, when he was four. And so he ended up hearing a lot of these the other stories of his life from uh, a dear friend of, of Alex's. So I, I love books like this. I love when you follow one person through an important part of history. Because you learn a lot about the history surrounding this person's life. And in this book, I learned a ton about Saint Domingue. I learned a lot about the French Revolution. I learned about the good and the bad of Napoleon and the thrilling life of Alex Dumas and how that life resulted in one of my favorite books of all time. In fact, there's a small island off the coast of Saint Domingue, and it's right near the border of Saint Domingue and Santo Domingo. And Santo Domingo was a Spanish colony, and then Saint Domingue was the French colony. And there's this island, and it sits right inside the line of the Spanish colonial waters. And it's an island that Alex's younger brother, Charles, would use for smuggling operations. The name of that island is Monte Cristo. In the final segment of these episodes, I like to cover the one thing, the one key takeaway from the book, or the one thing that stuck out to me the most. And in this book, it would have to be this. Alex's father's name was Alexander Antoine Davy de la Pietrie. And something should stick out about that name. Again, Alex is the father of the novelist. So I'm speaking of the father of the novelist's father. So the novelist's grandfather. His name was Alexander Antoine Davy de la Pietrie. 
There's no Dumas in that name, is there? But his, Alex's mother's name was Marie Cezette Dumas. Alex had a falling out with his father, like I mentioned before, when they got to France, and he made a conscious choice to take his mother's last name. His mother was a slave. The name that you and I know today of the famous author is the name of a slave. And I just thought that was so amazing. So amazing that, that he took that name, that he honored his mother in that way. And that is the name that we know of today. I learned a lot in this book. It gave me a greater appreciation of Alexander Dumas, the, uh, the novelist. When I read The Count of Monte Cristo again, uh, as part of my great books project, I'll know that there are, I'll know where some of these stories came from in the book. I'll have a greater appreciation of, of the stories and the source of those stories. And it, and it just brings a delight to know that some of those were true. Some of those were based off of things that happened to, to his own father. I would often, on, uh, as I was reading this book, I would post on social media and, and just say that this man was a swashbuckling stud. And this this man just had it had it all. And it, it was just fun to read about him. But it was fun to read about the history that, that surrounded this as well. This was an honorable man. This was a true man. This this man, he he would always look out for the weak. And so as he's leading these military expeditions, a lot of the other groups of fighters would, would take advantage of the, the villagers or the people they came upon. And he was always careful that his men would treat others with respect, whether they were on the other side or on his side. And ultimately, he was a man who grew up amidst the horrors of slavery to eventually fight for freedom. I recommend this book, especially if you have enjoyed The Count of Monte Cristo, if that is a favorite book of yours. This book just adds so much light to that. It adds so much uh, texture, and you will learn a lot about a lot of different uh, different things in this book. So I, I highly recommend it. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you are a Count of Monte Cristo fan. I, I'd love to, to connect with you. So you can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. You can also follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter. And my website is stock full of resources to help you find the best books and to create your own reading list and reading project. I'll be back next week to discuss another book for my 2022 reading list. So until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out.